Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to this week's episode of this week's episode. This episode is 152 for the week of January 24th, 2019. I'm your fill-in host, Chris Randazzo, and joining me tonight is my wonderful wife, Karen Randazzo. Yo! And special guest chair, Sam Wise Gamegee. Hello! Sam is a former writer for Geekade.com, current Twitch streamer, and all-around awesome person. She's brought a pair of Star Trek Deep Space Nine episodes to us, which I was excited to watch because I haven't seen this show since it originally aired. But before we go any further, here is your weekly reminder that you can email us at mail at geekade.com. Just include the words this week's episode in the subject line. You can let us know what you think of our show, what topics or TV shows you'd like us to discuss in the future, or just say hello, because we always want to hear from you, the listener. Uh, like I mentioned last week, if you're just tuning in for some reason, uh, Evan is going to be out for a couple of weeks because he's moving, so I'm handling guest duties while he's away, and we'll be filling in the third spot with some special guests in the interim. Tonight's guest, as I... Tonight's guest, as I mentioned earlier, is Miss Samwise Gamgee. Sam, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much. It's really exciting to be on here with you guys. Thanks for inviting me on. Of course, of course. So, um, what's uh, why don't you tell our our listeners who you are and what you do? Okay. Uh, well, I go by uh, Samwise Gamgee. You can find me on a uh, Twitch. And Twitter, as well as Instagram, at Samwise underscore Gamegee. Uh, if you're a fan of Tolkien, you'll see what I did there. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and I am a uh, chronic illness and disability advocate and a uh, disabled gamer and streamer. Uh, and I'm currently a uh, member of the Encounter Roleplay cast for the Learn to Play D&D stream on Monday nights. Uh, so you should check them out. That's a good idea. You should check them out. <laughs> Darn it. All right. Well, Sam, you brought us uh, you brought us Star Trek Deep Space Nine Past Tense Parts 1 and 2. Ah, oh, yes. Uh, which I was... Uh, Boy, like I said, I haven't watched this show since it's air since it aired. So when that uh title sequence came on, the the, the whole intro. Oh man, feels I right. I was like seriously feels like brought me back to like sitting in my dad's chair with him and watching Star Trek and uh man, just that music and I remember when that when that show first premiered, uh I remember going to I must have still been in elementary school at the time. So I remember going into music class and talking to our music teacher about that music because she was also into Star Trek, and uh, we were just talking about how like a gorgeous piece of music it was, like on a musical level. And it was one of the first times I ever had a a real nerdy musical conversation with a <laughs> with an adult. That's um, amazing. And I just remembered it so well, like just uh, going all through it. And I'm like, all right, and there's the wormhole <laughs> right at the uh, end. And uh, I really, it really made me want to watch more of this stuff because as as much as i enjoyed these episodes they're pretty they're pretty uh i guess different you know when i think back to ds9 i think to like you know all the the 
what was cool about it was Star Trek was typically about like, and now we go to this planet and we go to all these other places. And DS9 was more like, well, now we're bringing all the weird alien stuff to one centralized location and dealing with the politics of these uh, nations and different kinds of people living together. Uh, and I thought that was always super fascinating and interesting but instead we got this really fun alternate version of the future right oh man then the future is now <laughs> minus the fashion right it's kind of one of uh, my favorite like time travel ploys that that sci-fi will do is when they take us to an like the future from when we're watching it, but it's something that hasn't happened yet. So they get to make up their own rules and their own like whatever they say is has happened is was has happened, and and that's kind of fun because they're not bound by like any constraints of history or anything. Yes. Oh man. I think I prefer it to when they like go back to you know past history that we know and try to do that right and fuck it up. I agree. <laughs> Definitely. What was that show that? Ferg made us watch that that was a good example of the it was like a Sherlock Holmes or something oh what was that show called oh, it was something terrible from the 80s no offense Ferg we love you <laughs> um, it was real bad it was it, it was something that had not aged well it was uh, a, like a Jack uh, the Ripper story I think yeah and it was yeah. it was a it was a pretty old show uh, it was it was a fascinatingly fun watch I had a blast watching that show because I love I love battled TV and uh I, I really dug that one, but um, this was this was a uh, this was really interesting. So, like I said, especially for me to watch. Um, I remember it being a little bit less hammy. <laughs> Again, I was a small child when I watched this show, um, right? But I just remembered it being less. Uh, I, there, there was definitely some very hammy acting in this. Um, not not necessarily from the main characters. Like, um, you know, Cisco is still like oh he's, man, he's Avery phenomenal. Brooks. I freaking love Cisco. Mason Gross and, graduate, by the way. All um, right. Yeah. Uh, it was also cool seeing Dr. Bashir because I was like, oh, yeah, he was on Game of Thrones for a couple minutes. Uh, he I? was so wasted on Game of Thrones. <laughs> Seriously. But that's a tirade probably for an entirely <laughs> other podcast. Oh, my God. Wait, who was he on Game of Thrones? Uh, uh, he was, uh, oh, man, I'm totally blanking on his name. Well, he was He was in Dorne, so you were yes. probably asleep oh, I was whenever asleep. he was on screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I now I know who you mean because okay, I he was the I, king dude, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a much of a Star Trek person at all, not because I don't like it or just uninitiated. And like every time that guy would come on the screen when we were watching Game of Thrones, you'd be like, "It's Doctor Bashir," and I'd be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> I remember that. I was so, so happy to I see know. him because I don't think I've actually seen him in anything since DS9. And he was like my favorite character when I was a kid. Well, actually, no. Odo was my favorite character because why wouldn't Odo be your favorite character as a kid? He could like turn into a glob of gold stuff. <laughs> oh, man. But I love Odo. Although I actually I didn't see uh, DS9 when it originally aired. I didn't get into Star Trek until I was an adult. Oh. Uh, so I ha it's actually interesting because when I watch it, I wish so much that I had had watched it when I was a child. Um, like when I was younger and it was first coming out because I think it would have taught me some really good uh, just lessons and like intersocial skills that I spent a lot of time and heartache maybe at learning a little bit harder in adulthood. 
Yeah. I think that's something only a nerd can say. Like, I wish I'd seen Star Trek earlier so you could teach me social skills. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, you know, things like, um, specifically in TNG, there's a lot of, like, um, you know, themes of admitting when you're wrong, it's okay to ask for help when you need it, and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, and... That's definitely stuff that took me a really long time to, you know, learn how to get the hell over myself. <laughs> sure, sure. Now, now I'm starting to feel like maybe we should be turning our five-year-old into a Trekkie. Oh, do it, do I it. I wonder if he'd dig this show. I mean, I think I, I must have been, geez, when did this stuff air? I got to figure out how old I was oh, when, like, when I was watching I this. I DS9 was mid-90s that started. Let's see. I know I had it. I want to say it started like 95, maybe-ish, 95, 96. I I remember watching uh, Next Generation with my dad, and I don't remember if it was, let's see, DS9 started in 93, wow. Oh, okay, I'm totally off. But I remember, um, let's see, it was in 93, so I was 12. Yeah, I was 12 when I was watching Deep Space Nine with my dad, and I was probably... I was probably nine or ten when I was watching Next Generation with my dad too. My dad was a big Trekkie growing up, um, and this is this is really it's actually a really interesting story, um, uh, and it's a it's a fun evolution to have watched my dad go through. Uh, my dad had just kind of a a bit of a racist tint to him uh, mm. growing up, and it was something that I n- never really. Uh, never really glommed onto. Uh, it was one of those things that just, uh, it was just around in some of my dad's side of the family. Uh, and it was always, uh, something that my mom wasn't super vocal about stopping, but I could always tell she didn't really approve of. And, um, it was interesting to see his reaction to stuff. Like he was going to watch Star Trek no matter what, because it was Star Trek. Uh, and then, you know, the captain on this new Star Trek show was a black guy. Yeah. And I remember watching this show and it, it being so much about tolerance of other races and, 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 you know, interacting with one another. And that was always something that never really settled extraordinarily well with me. Like, well, then why is he so into Star Trek? Um, it's been very cool to see my dad grow as a person. Uh, he's far less, uh, of that, of that guy, uh, as he's gotten older. Um, that's great. Which is, which is, it's, it's been really great. And I've been happy to like be a part of that. Like, and a lot of it comes from entertainment, really. Uh, you know, it's been like, you need to watch this thing. It's like, oh, well, Denzel Washington's in it. I'm like, no, you need to watch this. <laughs> like, right. it's awesome. You're going to love it. And, you know, now he'll watch anything with anyone in it. And uh, that was that Runaway Train movie, right? <laughs> was it the Runaway Train one? I think it was older than that, but it might have been the Runaway Train movie. Because that movie was so good. <laughs> the really hell was is. that called again? Un- Unstoppable. Unstoppable. God, that movie's so much fun. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I haven't seen that one, but and I mean, it has that... Chris Pine in it to pull it back into the Star Trek, uh, to the Star Trek motif there. <laughs> but I mean, that you know, that point goes to say, you know, show more about how important representation in media is too, because if that's you know something that people see to help change their views and. Uh, you know, broaden, I guess, their exposure to different people and different opinions, then, yeah, we need we need as much representation and diversity as we can. Hashtag representation matters. Right? <laughs> Hashtag representation matters. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And it was, uh, I just remember being so fascinated by this show, especially as a kid and, I, I you know, preteen and whatnot. I just, you, know, you get to see all these cool spaceships and stuff and, 
but you know, it's, it is such a huge difference between this and Star Wars. You know, Star Wars is high adventure, and and Star Trek is a lot more wordy. And yes. um, if it probably, I don't know that I would have gotten into it at the age that I did if it wasn't for you know, here's an opportunity to sit with my dad and watch a TV show he likes with him instead of making him watch my stuff, which was always my sister's thing, and still is. Like, well, you need to watch this thing right now. Right. <laughs> Sit down and watch it. Uh, um, I had a friend who had actually was really into Star Trek, and she tried very hard to get me into it, and I was just adamant against it. Um, <laughs> honestly, I was afraid that it would just make me like get made fun of if I got into it, because I was already the weird kid, super into <laughs> fantasy stuff. So I was like, "Do I really want to throw like space stuff <laughs> in there too?" <laughs> Like, uh, I know I'm going to go, like, way too hard and try to teach myself Klingon or something if I learn it at this age. So uh, I resisted, but I really wish I had uh, give, had a more open mind at the time. So Because you know. if you had seen it, you would have learned that resistance it's true. is futile. I would ah. have learned that resistance is futile and oh God, that... Those Borg episodes were so cool. Oh, those were, are. like, such a freaking event, man. Like... I'll never forget what it was like sitting in that chair looking at my, you know, our quote unquote big screen TV in the uh, in the living room and seeing that giant freaking cube floating around. Oh, man. It's like, oh, my God. That's I so mean, crazy cool. I freaked out watching that stuff like just when I watched it for the first time, you know, maybe five, six years ago at this point. I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, not to get like too far off topic, but the Borg is like such an uh, it's such a different thing for star trek like they don't really dive into those kinds of like all right now we're going to be shooting lasers and i mean like yeah. not just a couple not just like fire photon torpedoes and then fly away like no they would have these like space battles going on you got to see what the enterprise could do and be like yes. this is freaking cool this is right. so cool and that 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 happens so rarely made it when it did actually happen when they really got into like because they always tried to avoid violence Right. Uh, you know, that was just the, kind of their whole mission is like, let's not shoot everyone. Let's not, you know, yes. blow everything <laughs> up. Um, but man, when it resorted to it, there was it was just really cool. Man, the board was awesome. <laughs> Which shows also like a big difference between TNG and DS9 is, you know, DS9 is the Federation in wartime for the most part. You know, yeah. spoilers, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> 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 it's a 20-year-old show, but... <laughs> I think it's also a testament to the show, um, like the the quality of it that, you know, Chris, you're saying that you first saw it when you were like 9, 10, 11, 12, and it was really exciting to you. And Sam didn't see it until you were much older, right. and it was still that level of exciting jump out of your seat. It could still deliver that level of, of entertainment is uh, a testament how, to how good this show is, or any of the Star Trek shows, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't this, know what the uh, hell I'm talking about. Was this one of your first, like, your first time watching this any is track? Or li uh, I've seen. I mean, obviously, who hasn't seen a little bit of TOS? Um, right. I've. I'm big into the the movies. I know the movies quite well. The, the new movies, the, right? right. The new movies, no, but also the old ones. Oh, really? Like the Shatner ones. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've only um, seen those once each, so I'm actually not super like familiar with the original films. But uh, this is definitely the first um, DS9 I've ever seen. I've I've seen like snippets of TNG, and I don't think I've ever seen any Voyager or Enterprise. That's the one with Scott yeah, you're Bakula, okay, right? <laughs> you're okay. You're okay on that count. Hey, Enterprise was cool, man, except for the ending. Oh uh, man, we uh, I couldn't get through it, honestly. 
I, I, I think we stopped at like season two. I never actually finished Enterprise. I remember would, digging it in the beginning, but uh, we would just scream over the opening theme if we mm. didn't fast forward in time. Oh like, my god! So it was we so didn't terrible. have to listen to it. We were just like, ah, 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 ah. God, that, was awful. <laughs> that was one of my dad's big problem with it too. Like we started watching, we were like, "Yeah, this looks like this looks like it's gonna be a cool thing." And the intro would come on, and we just looked like, Ooh, "That was a good idea." Why this classical music? Just come on. What are you doing? Uh, uh, I didn't really dig um, Voyager either, but uh, podcast for the yeah, podcast. Was, I mean, you know, the cast did their best. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, That's I've never, pretty much how I feel. Like it was I, the writer, the writing. Yeah, I've watched maybe like three episodes of Voyager and just was like, no, this isn't doing it for me. Um, D- TNG original series and Deep Space Nine. Um, Big fat hairy thumbs up. So, Karen, uh, yes, what did you actually think of yeah. what we watched? Um, <laughs> uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I mean, it's you know, I don't have like the you know nostalgic, sentimental love for Star Trek like you guys do, uh, so I didn't have that going for me. But like as a standalone, like this is a '90s sci-fi product, I can appreciate it. Its value. <laughs> Um, I really like you guys were saying before about you know representation and opening, opening uh, people's horizons. I did really take note of the fact that there didn't really seem to be any racism in the future of DS Nine, which I thought was really cool. Um, although I did t- sort of note like when they first woke up on, uh, in in the past in the time jump that they did. That it seemed like the guys were like just like automatically like you're criminals and we're gonna take you over to this you know whatever zone we have to take you to, but the girl Dax, is that yeah okay when when somebody found her and there was like oh damsel in distress let's let's rescue her and I was like mm, I, don't know, I don't know if I like that <laughs> yeah but, there's I mean, definitely some uh, problematic gender aspects throughout uh. Star Trek, especially actually in the handling of a uh, Terry Farrell as the actress who plays Dax. Mm-hmm. Um, That's such a wild character too. Ah, uh, yeah. So I don't I just just let me again. I haven't watched this in a long time, but if I remember correctly, Jadzia Dax was like a host for this weird slug creature that's yes. like chilling in her stomach. The Trill are the tr- a symbiotic yeah. race. Uh, mm. That's where gross. like the human humanoid body is uh, a host for this this like slug like symbiote thing, and that's actually the creature that's called Dax. Yeah. Uh, so the the humanoid's name is Jadzia, and the whole name is Jadzia Dax. They take the last name the the symbiote name as the host host's last name when they're joined. Um, and it's like a it's like an honor, right? Yeah. To, to get to to be it's that. like a big deal. You have to go through like years of training and like evaluations to be chosen to be a host and mm. um, and like Cisco was was pals with the previous host yes. of this particular Dax who was a dude yeah and, who was just this like crazy hard partying like crotchety but badass old man who likes to hang out with Klingons <laughs> <laughs> I'm making such a face right now <laughs> <laughs> It sounds ridiculous, but it's amazing. <laughs> and it's awesome because the the host gain like the symbiont uh re 
re- uh, retains the memories of all of their past hmm. hosts. It's actually so, quite similar to Time Lord regeneration in a lot of respects. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just going to say, I don't have a r- lot of room to talk being the huge Whovian that I am. And there's a lot of <laughs> ridiculous shit that happens over there, too. Yeah, judge us. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so in, in Dax's specific case, I believe Jadzia is the symbiont's seventh host. So th- she's got seven lifetimes of experience, and that's one of the reasons in the episodes she's able to, like... Um, I actually didn't even catch it the first few times that I watched the episodes, but she's she hacks into the system. She hacks the system <laughs> to give herself her own, you know, valid identification and funds and such once she gets stranded in the past. Because uh, she's like an engineer and has all of this, these useful skills and freaking anything. <laughs> yeah, I w- that was what I was going to say is like, <laughs> even though that I guess the situation handled her as kind of, you know, treated her in a certain way because of gender, the mm-hmm. character herself did seem pretty capable and I appreciated that. Yeah, Dax is uh, pretty routinely, uh, I-, I think, one of the most capable characters on that show. Uh, and I love her so much. She's definitely one of my favorite characters. Um, but I remember thinking she was super cool when I was a kid. Yeah, I remember really awesome. liking her and really liking Cisco. Obviously, I loved Odo and Quark. Like, as <laughs> yes. the show went on, just I loved watching the two of them argue with one another. It was just wonderful. Um, and, uh, I never liked Major Kira very much. Yeah, she gets on my nerves, and the more I watch it, the more I realize, oh, I think I actually kind of have a lot in common with her, and maybe <laughs> that's why. <laughs> I remember watching this episode and being like, I used to hate her. No, right? I don't really, she's all right, but. I'm like, oh, she's so stubborn and opinionated, and oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I liked the big Band-Aid on her nose. <laughs> yes! I broke my nose. <laughs> so why why specifically did you pick these episodes for us to watch? Uh, these are, I think, my favorite episodes in DS9. Uh, um, they're definitely my favorite. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I Something about them has just always spoken to me. Um Probably, especially in recent years, because a lot of the reality of uh, this alternate past that, you know, we're looking at them sort of draws nearer. Uh, The (laughs) past that they're thrown is in is 2024. Um, And, you know, some of that's uh, starting to not seem like such, you know, exaggerated science fiction, dystopian-like nonsense but at the same time i like it a lot because um that dark period of time that they travel to was necessary for um you know humanity to sort of like find it get its shit together itself again yeah Yeah. and you know like the the you know i i think that some of the idealism of the federation may not have necessarily you know made its way into being had it not been for kind of shit finally hitting the fans the yeah. fan and people realizing oh yeah we should treat all people like they're humans <laughs> what a concept <laughs> what a I novel know. idea surprise <laughs> holy cow it'll yeah, only take until like 2024 maybe. for people to realize it apparently oh good so we have another six years of this shit right uh yeah i think it was like maybe halfway through the first part of it when chris and i turned to each other and we're like oh 
That's why she picked this. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, especially personally, because uh, I didn't start watching these shows until after I had um, gotten uh, particularly sick myself. Um, for anybody, you know, who, who doesn't know, I have uh, specifically ankylosing spondylitis and Crohn's disease, which are chronic autoimmune conditions um, and have left me permanently disabled. And, you know, if this was reality, I would 100% be one of those people, you know, shunted into a freaking sanctuary district because uh, as far as they're concerned, I'm not a productive member of society. Um, so, you know, sort of seeing that in Star Trek and how they sort of respond to that and wrestle with it. And yeah, it, it's just, it just really hits me and speaks to me a lot. And um, I feel like it's also some good episodes that are good for people who maybe haven't seen too much modern Star Trek, at least, um, because it doesn't give any huge spoilers for the series as a whole, you know, and I kind of wanted to pick something like that as well. <laughs> well, I was pretty happy to have uh, watched this. Really, this is this is a fun evening. Like, I'm glad. Was I wasn't a... sure if it was going to be too heavy, because it is kind of like, oh, that's, Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, we don't. We certainly don't mind heavy uh, from time to time. Um, you know, I've brought up a couple of Law and Orders on this show before, mm. to, as much as I tend to stick with cartoons. But uh, um, <laughs> no, nah, it was a, it was it was fun to watch. Uh, I, I I did take a couple of notes. I remember liking uh, writing writing down. I love the computers. Um, <laughs> the computers, <laughs> oh man! And here is our futuristic computer terminals with CRTs. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> Look at this monstrosity. And uh, the fashion goes like, right along with that. Yeah, really. What the hell? Yes. Did they I put love Gen their Zia generic in? future <laughs> fashion that they wear to go to the past. Oh, oh, my, oh yeah. What the? <laughs> wow. Seeing O'Brien is like, what in the world is this supposed to be? Right? Why are you wearing like a jumpsuit underneath like like a brocade vest like so i don't weird and kira yeah, like, had no... that useless like <laughs> knit net tank top thing on over her shirt i mean but like that was kind of fit in was, in the 70s but... there was no context for that it was just and in the next scene they're wearing this stuff and you're like you gotta gotta piece together like i guess this is their time travel clothes because what the hell am i looking at <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and then actually in the past when you've got like everyone's wearing their like traditional plaid hobo clothes and yes. like in in the the sectioned off areas but then you've got the future like uh you know super rich people and boy the outfit jadzia was in was just like wow <laughs> what the wow. i'm always distracted by her hair in that party scene oh i'm God. like i don't understand is it cut is it what is happening yeah that was just, yeah. the the thing about future fashion um i feel like shows always have a challenge of like cut trying to come up with costumes that like i don't know make sense like on firefly you <laughs> they have a lot of the asian inspired you know future wear and i feel like that makes sense because that you know, fits in the universe. I want to understand more about this DS9 universe that what made them think that, like, altered menswear was <laughs> what was going to, like, progress to be, like, the, the height of fashion. I feel like casual Star Trek wear always kind of looks like it was just made out of, like, the upholstery at a doctor's <laughs> or a dentist's waiting room. Oh, my God. You're so right. <laughs> <coughs> Every time anyone wears something casual, it's usually like absurdly bland. 
Yeah. But speaking of casual wear, the other note I had besides like that's not what a cell phone looks like when somebody <laughs> finally used a cell phone, like, hey, look, a cell phone. Nope. <laughs> uh, Cisco's pimp jammies at the end. Oh, yeah. That was that was really something. Because you, you get there at the end, he's got these bright purple silk jammies. I'm like, whoa, whoa, Cisco, <laughs> you look comfy, sir. <laughs> I approve. Oh, well, it's like any time in a TNG when you know Picard gets paged in his like sweet, <laughs> sexy captain's bathrobe. You're like, yeah, Picard. Oh my god. Uh, I guess I have my uh, my shopping direction for Valentine's yeah, Day do. coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, get me Cisco's pimp jammies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this has this has been fun. Uh, anybody have any final thoughts on Star Trek: Deep Space Nine before we take a break? I will say that I enjoyed it. My only complaint, I think, is that I don't feel like I have a good sense of what the show is up like. The show on a regular basis is about like I didn't really get to find out who the other crew are. This is just centered on these three main characters. And they were good, and the story was good. I just kind of like, I want to know more, so I guess I need to watch more DS9 now. Shit, it's really good. I mean, I like it so much because it lets... I feel like it does such a great job of uh, really exploring character development in a way that the past Treks didn't necessarily. I mean, you get some of that in TNG for sure, but... DS9, whoa, I think, whoa, just whoa. really goes for it. Are you trying to tell um, me that, that James T. Kirk is not a three-dimensional character? <laughs> uh, so anyway, DS9. <laughs> Super good, and you should check it out. Also, speaking of you know, next-generation character development, it was very cool to get um, Chief O'Brien and uh, Worf on this show. Because uh, uh, yeah. I loved them on TNG, and then to have them show up in this show as regular characters, and then get more of them, and not just like show up shoehorned in, like it made sense. It you makes know? so much sense. It was and and, that, that, and that was cool. Uh, yeah, War Fun DS Nine is fantastic. I love that he gets to actually do stuff and get listened to mm-hmm. instead of just constantly being <laughs> shot down for wanting to shoot everything down from <laughs> yeah. the Enterprise. Uh huh. I also just I I I the probably the most memorable episode that sticks in my mind is the one where they time traveled to the Tribble episode. The I was just gonna say if like Karen, if you're a big um, original series fan, I would have picked uh, the Trouble with Tribbles, and you guys should just watch that next time you got a little spare time. God, that episode's so good. It's really good. Wait, You'll those are Klingons. It. We don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love that! All right. Well, I I loved uh, having this uh, brought back to my attention. I should really rewatch uh, rewatch any and all Star Trek uh, once yes. I get the chance. All right, so we're going to take ourselves a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to go over some things that have go- have been going on in the news. You are listening to this week's episode from Geekade.com. Stick around. And now here's a look at some of the other original content available right now at Geekade.com. The name Kilgrave is probably quite familiar to anyone who's watched the Netflix series Jessica Jones. In the world of the comics, though, Kilgrave has fostered some children, and Kara Kilgrave is one of them. She also just happens to have purple skin and the same frightening powers as her father. 
However, her story is a very different one. Learn all about it, including some quality time spent in Canada, in Welcome to the D-List, Purple Woman. It's finally here. After months and months of debating and listening to video game tunes, the Waveback Awards have arrived, and our team of judges has finally determined what we think the very best music, video game music, of 2018 was. And now it's time to hand out the awards. From indie darlings to AAA blockbusters, no game was off-limits for this year's considerations. Don't miss Waveback Episode 72, the 2018 Waveback Awards. Guybrush Threepwood may not be a household name like Mario or Sonic, but that doesn't mean he's any less pivotal in the lives of those who experienced his misadventures in the world of pirating. The Secret of Monkey Island was not only a hilarious game, but a very important one in the annals of video game history, and even though its goofball nature was one of its most prominent selling points, the lessons some, kid l some kids learned from the game's characters were no less important to the kids who learned them. Be sure to check out Sean Solo, The Secret of Monkey Island. You can check out all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at geekade.com. And we are back. Let us talk about some things that have been going on in the world of television news. First up, coming to us from HuffPost, or Huffington Post, if you're into the whole brevity thing. Uh, I hate this headline. <clears throat> Law and Order Director Arrested on Child Pornography Charges. I don't just hate this headline because of the child pornography uh, charges. It's that this guy uh, worked on, not even directed, but worked on 32 episodes of the 950,000 episodes of the original Law and Order. You don't get to call yourself Law and Order Director uh, or have anybody else call you Law and Order Director. <laughs> Thank you very much. Or besmirch the good name of Law and Order for that matter. Exactly. <laughs> despicable child pornography ways yeah look uh i was uh reading through this and uh boy this guy seems to be quite the scumbag so um yeah i don't really know what else to say about this other than that's gross don't be gross and uh i hope he burns in hell yeah good riddance yeah good riddance i'm going to look up his uh episodes of law and order and watch them less often than i watch all the rest of the episodes of law and order <laughs> I watch a lot of Law and Order. I love I that it. show. It's a great show. <laughs> it is. And this guy's uh this guy's a turd. So uh let's not talk about that anymore. Let's see what is next on our list of things to do here. Michelle Yeoh standalone Star Trek series in development at CBS All Access. Speaking of Star Trek. Speaking of Star Trek. Uh the series would see Michelle Yeoh reprise the role of Philippa Georgiou. Georgiou? Georgiou? Smith. I don't know. Expanding <laughs> on the character's position as a, mem a member of a shadowy intelligence ag agency. This is coming to us from NBC News. Uh, have you watched any of the new Star Trek show? Uh, I have not because I'm not able to pay for CBS All Access. Hey, uh, same story yeah, with us. <laughs> very disappointing, actually, that that's how they decided to do the uh, newest iteration of Star Trek. I think uh, Gene Roddenberry would probably not appreciate that all that much, but, you know, what do I know? I just love the series. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, th I could not agree with you more. I, yeah, we've talked so... about this a lot on the show, how it is a, a crappy move to paywall your Star Trek yeah. show to get people I to sign agree, up for your streaming service. I'm really excited that, you know, she's getting that opportunity for a standalone show. That is awesome. And I think if it's the same character that I think I feel like I've heard mentioned before, 
it should be pretty awesome. She's pretty awesome. Yeah, so I don't know anything about the character, really. Um, like, I've, I heard a little bit when Discovery first came out. So everything's sort of blended with time and not knowing what everybody was actually talking about. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I'm thinking about her character being the same person. <laughs> but, um, regardless, yeah, the actress is amazing. So I'm, I hope that, you know, maybe... Maybe somehow there will be a way to have more access to CBS All Access in the future. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really such a misnomer, isn't it? Yeah, right. All access, and Get I don't want to access CBS. literally any of CBS's other content. <laughs> None I don't want to go anywhere near Absolutely not. the rest of that 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 swill. Also, yeah, it's like worth pointing out that Michelle Yeoh seems to go to the same Lazarus pit as uh, Ming Na. Because I don't think she has aged in the last 10 years. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I remember looking at a picture, looking at this and saying, wow, she kind of looks like the woman in uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. That was a long time ago. And it is the woman from Crouching Tiger, Hidden <laughs> Dragon. Yeah. And she looks the same. <laughs> Freaky. Same thing with Ming-Na. Looks exactly the same as she did in like Street Fighter, the movie. Oh, man, I forgot she was in that. She was Chun-Li. <laughs> She was. Uh. Yeah, I just always think of her as the voice of Mulan. So. <laughs> <laughs> Do you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at all? That show's great. Oh, yeah, I'm super behind, but oh my gosh, I love her. Yeah, yeah, she's awesome. Agent May is phenomenal. She's so good at it. So uh, I'm glad that this uh, that this Star Trek show is getting a spinoff. It's it's. I feel like I remember reading it's getting more than one spinoff. It is. Yeah. Further That's down in the pretty awesome in the oh, rundown. Yeah, it's, we'll Talk it's, about it. I mean, the world yeah. needs more Star Trek right now, I think, more than ever, so... Yeah, I agree. And since the movies seem to have hit a wall, uh, you know, I'm Ugh, just... Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. At least I feel like they went on a high note. I really enjoyed that third one, but uh, it seems that we were not in the vast majority in that department. But um, really, I, I would love to watch this show, but yeah, I'm not paying for CBS All Access, so uh, go scratch yeah. CBS. <laughs> Womp womp. Yeah. But if you do have it, you know, support Michelle Yeoh's new show when it comes out, because that's awesome. Absolutely. All right, let's see. This one comes to us from Variety.com. Grace and Frankie renewed for season six at Netflix. Yay! I've seen very little of this show, but every bit that I've seen, I have loved. Uh, Sam, are you familiar with this show? I am not. I mean, I've heard the name, but I know absolutely nothing else about it. Karen, why don't you give her the uh, the elevator pitch? It's fantastic. It's Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. Uh, they star Ooh. as these two women who've been friends and known each other a long time. Their husbands uh, were law partners, I believe, and uh, they're in, you know they're senior citizens, and uh, the husbands come to them one day and come out as gay and uh, they're in a relationship with each other. And so they both get, you know, both of the women get left for, um, and the husbands are Sam Waterston and Martin Sheen. Oh my goodness. Uh, and so the show is this Grace and Frankie, these two women putting their lives back together after this has happened. And um, they're both fantastic. The show's amazing. They're too like, they're sort of like odd couple-y. Like Jane Fonda's really uptight and uh, Lily Tomlin's like a total hippie crackpot. And they both remind me of my mom, <laughs> 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 which is insane, but it's so true. 
Uh, and it's just a wonderful show, and uh, everybody should watch it. And now there's going to be another sixth season. I haven't even started season five, which just came out last week. Oh, I'm so happy about this news. Yeah, it's a really That's funny awesome. show, and I mean, I have to check it out. I, the, the the character interactions are just wonderful. I mean, as I said before, I'm a huge Law and Order fan, so I'm also a huge West Wing fan. So you got Sam Waterston and Martin Sheen working together as a as a gay couple, and it's just they're just freaking delightful. And uh, Grace and you know, the other two of the main women characters are also fantastic. It's it's just a great show. We'll uh, have to bring this to the podcast one of these days. Absolutely. Um, this is also something that I would really like to watch more of uh, at some point in the not-too-distant future. You know, in all my copious amounts of spare <laughs> when we're not marathoning Veronica Mars. Because, yes, I, so uh, anyone who listens to the show on the regular knows that a few weeks ago we talked about a Veronica Mars episode, and I've been steadily working my way through the show since. Uh, we're, we're in season three now, and boy, that show's good. It's a good show. All right, uh, let's move on to this one. This comes to us from Deadline Hollywood. Space Force workplace comedy series from The Office's Steve Carell and Greg Daniels, ordered by Netflix. I love everything about this story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it seems to be a, uh, an, um, a workplace comedy uh, with Steve Carell, which is nice, because uh, I like Steve Carell. He seems like, like a cool dude. Uh, I loved The Office back when it aired. Uh, a little bit less so now. I feel like it hasn't aged as well as other things, but that's a podcast for another podcast. But uh, just, um, you know, it almost seems like a, it's never going to be other space because nothing's ever going to be other space because that show is insane. I was going to say that, though, when I saw this story. It was like Netflix picked up other space and, like, made your show for you, honey. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, uh, it's probably not going to have, uh, you know, any Mystery Science Theater alums on it. But at the same time, <laughs> it does seem like that that kind of humor, except probably considerably less bizarre. Um this just seems like a great idea because uh, th this whole Space Force initiative is well worth lampooning. So uh, good on you guys. Yeah. Big old <laughs> thumbs up. The, uh, the Federation Space Force will never be. Oh, what a terrible idea. But yeah, it's, a, it's, um, you know, it's, it's apparently coming. The uh, trailer shows you, there's a trailer in the link that's going to be in our show notes. It shows you almost nothing. Uh, it's pretty much just words <laughs> with a space backdrop and some music. So, neat. Well, that sounds about right. Yeah, I will be uh, very, it's very... About, uh, there's about as much information there as there is to the exactly. actual Space Force. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yep. All flash and no substance. Where have I seen that before? Hmm. Anyways, moving on. Uh, food and Wine. Uh, this is where this article comes from, and this one tells us the Cake Boss and Ace of Cakes stars to face off in Food Network series. Karen, what do you think about this? I think it's going to be insane. <laughs> like, seriously? <laughs> I I am not as into these shows as I used to be, but I used to watch a lot of Cake Boss, and the things they do with pastry blow my mind. And, you know, they, they will come up with these cakes that, like, need to be broken down into pieces and transported to the venue separately because they're so big they can't actually fit inside a van and it just i just and if now they're adding a competition element to it and i think uh this ace of cakes guy duff goldman he also builds some pretty insane things so like 
now to pit the two of them against each other and say who can make the crazier thing is just bananas, but it's going to make really good TV, I think. And it also strikes me as like the most American baking show possible. Yeah. I don't know. Sam, have you ever watched any of these uh, baking shows? Uh, not either of those. It's been a long time since I've really had a chance to watch any thing besides what's available on Netflix of the Great British Bake Off. <laughs> well, if you <laughs> if you do find yourself with some time and interest for a baking show, we highly recommend Nailed It. Uh, oh yeah, that's on my oh list. My actually, God, that shit is so good, and the kids love it. We can we have watched it over and over and over with them, and it's just hilarious. I hear it's a lot of fun. Like, the host is fantastic. Nobody takes themselves too seriously, oh, yeah. and it's just a good time, right? Like all of that. I dig it. I do too. It's a good show. I haven't seen it as many times as Karen. The kids tend to like to watch that one with her more. Like, Aww. Oh, watch a baking show, and then I go off and like I don't know, clean a counter or something. <laughs> but they do really enjoy it, and that's always fun. Speaking of Netflix, uh, still with Deadline Hollywood, uh, Netflix reboots true crime and paranormal paranormal series Unsolved Mysteries with Stranger Things EP Sean Levy. Ooh, I used to watch Unsolved Mysteries. Did you guys? I did not. No, me either. Oh, man. I used to watch this show. Sorry, uh, just you. I don't even remember when, like what time of day. It just freaked me the hell out. When they ever did the paranormal ones, anyway, the actual crime ones were always kind of hilarious with the uh, the the uh, reenactments with uh, with actors. Oh boy, those were so much fun. Uh, and and just reading this article, I, I didn't realize that they were you know over five hundred episodes between nineteen eighty seven and two thousand ten. I did not realize that there was still this this show had still been more or less in production that whole time. Just just bananas to me. So hey, if we'll reboot everything. Let's. Uh, why not unsolved mysteries, right? Yeah, go for it. I feel like if if anybody can do it, Netflix can. It's true. I'm on board. They have proven to me that they can do darn near anything. Uh, except I will say, quick quick tangent. You know, I was I've been watching a lot of uh, Danger Mouse, the new Danger Mouse on Netflix with my kids, uh, especially Ellie. Uh, she loved Ducktales, but we finished it. So then I was like, you know what I really liked and I never got around to finish watching was the new version of Danger Mouse on there. Cause Danger Mouse was one of my favorite cartoons when I was a kid. And the new version is just spectacular. Uh, so we started watching that and she she loves it. And then I was like poking around and I said, oh, you know, what? I remember a couple of years ago they rebooted another one of my absolute favorite obsessions when I was a kid, Inspector Gadget. Uh, you know, Netflix is a pretty good track record with the stuff. Let me take let me check this out. And the Inspector Gadget was awful. Just just Aww. putrid. It was just big fat thumbs down. I, I won't even go into all the reasons why, but just, uh, you know, there was like kind of this weird, uh, you know, uh, they didn't really do the, the, you know, the, the little girl character Penny very much justice. Like she was always, uh, you know, the, the whole thing with Inspector Gadget was here. here I'm going off on the tangent anyway. Uh, the thing with Inspector Gadget was, you know, Penny was the actual smart one, and Inspector Gadget was like the right. comic relief, and she was the one who was actually doing all the work, her and the dog brain. Well, in this one, it's a similar situation, uh, you know, except she can also do like, you know, kick flips and stuff, because apparently every. Like you, know, you do. Like you do. Um, but uh, they kind of made her a little boy crazy, which I wasn't crazy about. Like, mm. that doesn't need to be there. Like, this cute 
That's cute boy shows up and then she starts like drooling over him like that's not you don't need to do that that doesn't need to be here and then they had this like kind of weird side-armed uh like half gay joke earlier in the episode where like the guy who was designing the costumes like they were you know flipping through his catalog of costumes for a new costume for uh, inspector gadget since he was coming out of retirement and one of them was just a thong and then and they got like all embarrassed like oh i don't know why that was there and like he's like this kind of flamboyant dude and like you, you didn't need to do this show you didn't need to do that at all. Mm. What's wrong with you? It's wrong. wrong. Ah, made me mad. It's, Danger Mouse is fantastic, though. Go watch Danger Mouse. Anyway. And, tangent and, and over. there was your tangent connecting unsolved mysteries to Inspector Gadget. <laughs> yep. That. I learned something. That happened. Yeah. Building bridges here. That's what I do. All right, uh, still sticking in the uh, the Netflix train here. Sci-Fi Wire reports Deborah Ann Walsh says Marvel's Punisher season two is likely last we'll see of Karen Page, throwing more doubt on Daredevil. Uh, I stopped reading this halfway through because it just kept making me sad. Um, we've talked ad nauseum on this show about how bummed we are that all the Netflix uh, Marvel series seem to be going away. Uh, we haven't watched any of the Punisher because. Uh, well, you know, there's you, just too much TV. There's too much TV. And every time it comes up, like, are we really in the mood for this kind of sadness? Because this isn't exactly going to be yeah. uplifting. <laughs> it's the reason we stopped watching. This is us. Uh, you know, there, there came a point where we we're like, do we really need any tragedy porn tonight? Things are bad enough in real life. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I do intend to watch The Punisher at some point. Um but yeah, it's a it's a real bummer because all my friends are like, oh, Punisher season two was amazing, and you know we we liked all the other Marvel Netflix shows to different degrees, and uh, mm. it's a it's a darn shame that this uh, seems to be there's just doesn't seem to be any way to save this. Apparently, Charlie Cox is all about this, uh, you know, save Daredevil campaign, and that would be nice, but it seems like it's not going anywhere. Uh, sadness. I will say that Facebook is doing this amusing thing where anytime anybody uh, tags Netflix in their post, like regardless of what they're watching, if they say watching Netflix and like click on Netflix, uh, since they're promoting the, the Punisher season two right now, that's what comes up as the graphic in their posts. So like they could be watching, you know, fairy princess tales or whatever, but if they click watching Netflix, that's what comes up. <laughs> My sister was watching some like medical documentary. <laughs> she posted she was watching and I'm like, why are you watching The Punisher? I mean, I don't have a problem with that, but you're not a you're not that kind of person. <laughs> so That's amazing. That cracked me up. That's ridiculous. Sam, have you watched any of the uh, Marvel Netflix stuff? Uh I have, but I am quite behind. I haven't seen The Punisher. Um uh... I think I'm caught up on Daredevil. Uh, it is a shame, though, it's that you know they're both being canceled because I've I've really enjoyed Daredevil at least, uh, and I've got Punisher on my list. And I like Deborah Ann Wall; she's awesome. She is awesome. So I'm sorry. Like I've I've really been enjoying watching her as uh, uh, Karen. Yeah, that's um, a that that's a darn shame. But hey, we still have um we still have one more season of Jessica Jones you know, in, in the tank. So that's, that's still coming. That's probably going to be it. Then I think that's all they've announced after this and they've canceled everything so, else. Yeah. So I mean, they haven't officially canceled the uh, Punisher yet, but I can't imagine it's sticking around either. Yeah. I don't, 
don't like think. that's the one to survive <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> <sighs> All right, let's move on. Uh, this one com- comes to us from Radio Times. Uh, Doctor Who pa- Doctor Who Poss. Yeah, right. Doctor Who Boss. I can speak. Uh, teases classic monsters returning and a new storyline for Yaz in 2020 series. Karen, why don't you tell us what this is all about? Um, not much more than the headline says, really. Uh, but we know with that we can't go a week on the show without me uh, bringing some Doctor Who into the newsfeed. Um, it's just sort of like I think the nat- natural evolution of uh, of um, after having this series where you know they did a bunch of groundbreaking new things. Now they're going to go back and, you know, they've now that they've established themselves as a credible, like, creative team, now they're going to go back and tackle some classic monsters, and they're going to explore the character. It's like the least newsy news story that I could think of now that you mentioned. <laughs> it's like, the show is going to do exactly what it should do. Well, if that last Dalek episode taught us anything, it's that these people can do whatever the hell they want, because uh, this is quality entertainment yeah i mean there's going to be some story having to do with yaz's police career which is awesome yaz is sometimes she's my secret favorite so um i would like to see more about her have you seen any of the 13th doctor sam i have not no but i hear lots of good stuff those you should believe those good things that you hear because it is uh it is quite good i've thought about checking it out yeah i'm not what is your general take on Doctor Who? Have you seen, you know? Uh, I think I watched just a few random episodes. I honestly can't even tell you which Doctor it was because I don't remember. Um, and I actually watched, I know, I think one of the, one episode with like the fourth Doctor and I actually thought that was wonderful because I enjoyed the like old like campiness of it. Yeah, there's something real special about <laughs> Classic Who. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I always think about watching it and then almost every time I'm like staring at it, I decide to just go do something else. Probably watch Star Trek again or something. Well, if you're tuning into BBC America, there's a good chance that's going to happen anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah, that is true. So you're nine times out of 10 going to tune into a Star Trek Next Generation marathon if you're tuning into BBC America at any time of day. (laughs) Well, I definitely recommend it. Uh, it's, it's. It's been really good this season, too, but I also just love Doctor Who, so. And the thing about this past this season with uh, the 13th Doctor, I think, is that it is a pretty good standalone. I know a lot of people get intimidated by how much Doctor Who there is, but right. they made um, a concerted effort this season to, since they figured they were going to get a lot of new audience, people being attracted to the show by having the first female Doctor, that they had to, like make it accessible and i think they did a good job with that so season 11 that that. this is 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 a good one to just jump in and then if you want to go back go back and if you don't what the hell but it's a good entry point i concur well continuing in doctor who (laughs) uh, let's see this is from female first i've never heard of this website uh, Catherine Tate wants to return to Doctor Who. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. Sold. <laughs> Catherine Tate is awesome. 
Yeah, the uh, the basic sum total of this article is Catherine Tate was interviewed, and you can't be a doctor person who gets a Doctor Who person who gets interviewed without being asked, "Would you like to come back to the show?" And if the answer is not yes, then you're a crazy person, and that's <laughs> all that it is. She's not actually coming back. She just would if they asked. Like I wouldn't even I wouldn't even know how they would pull it off. Yeah, I don't know. And if they don't bring back Wilf, then I riot honestly. Um. Her grandfather. Because I can see you sitting over there going, who's Wilf? I'm just like, yeah, sure. (laughs) Whatever Karen says. It took me a second. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You said Wilf. I'm like, Wilf, Wilf, Wilf. Oh, Wilfred. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, And Donna Noble was just, she was great. But they kind of, they kind of tied up her storyline pretty, did they get out of the fact that if she ever remembered everything that the world would explode or something like that? Nope. Nope. Yeah. She so. currently has no memories. <laughs> yeah. Basically, with this this character, it all tied up like, well, they kind of erased her memory of all of her travels with the doctor. And if she ever remembers any of it, like all of reality goes out of existence. So, huh. so they probably yeah, okay. shouldn't but, bring her back. <laughs> I. But at the same yeah. time, I could see that being fun of her like coming, meeting this new doctor with no memory of having traveled with the former one and like you know getting kind of reinitiated to doctor who all over again that could be fun that's true i bet she would react to jody whittaker pretty differently than she did to a uh, to tenant yeah that would just be really interesting i just want to see those two interact with one another exactly just put those two actresses in something together it doesn't yeah. have to be doctor who i suppose though everything should be <laughs> everything everything should be doctor who <laughs> do right, not at me Let's move on over to the Nerdist, uh, where we are learning Shadow Moon is back in American Gods Season 2 full trailer, uh, which I watched and was thoroughly confused by, because I've watched exactly one episode of this show, which I was thoroughly confused by. So, who wants to talk about American Gods? Well, I guess I've seen the most of it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I still have not finished Season 1 of this show, because it takes so much effort to watch. Not that it's not good just that it's like you have to really pay attention and there's there's big chunks of it that have no dialogue and are just very like um cinematic and atmospheric but you just really have to pay attention and and it's 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 hard and it's also super freaking dark which i can't take too much of that at one time so every time i sit down and i have some time and i'm like american gods I mean, it's good, but <laughs> I need no, to watch same. six more episodes of The West Wing instead. Yeah, I'm kind of making a concerted effort to avoid too much dark TV stuff lately, so it's a problem. <laughs> it is, it is. I mean, that said, this trailer looks freaking crazy. Uh, I ha- I haven't, as I said, reached the end of season one but I am familiar with the book as well, and there is something in the trailer for season two, which I won't spoil because I don't want people to get mad. But there's something in the trailer for season two that I don't know has come up in season one, but it's in the book, and it made me excited to see it. Mm-hmm. And that's as much as I can say without effing anybody over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Show's weird. I like weird, but that's it's not my not my flavor of weird. 
This uh, this one's kind of an interesting uh, interesting story. Uh, comes to us from Variety. What will happen to The Simpsons as Disney takes over Fox? Which is something I never really considered. Huh. Uh, apparently, there's a there's a whole lot to it. I was just assuming that Disney would eventually say, "Well, this has gone on long enough, and the quality has disappeared, so let's just cancel <laughs> it and move on with our lives." But no. There's actually a whole lot of weird strings attached to it uh, regarding its um, like syndication deals, um, uh, because the syndication deals were uh, penned back in the '90s. They kind of uh, there's like there's a crazy good deal on them as long as the show's in production. One of the, so if the show ends production, then the the syndication deals go away. There's just a whole lot of stuff here. Like I can't really boil this down because um, it's a pretty complex article. Uh, I still think that they should just get, <laughs> I think they should just cancel it. I think it's past time. Yeah. They 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 like go ahead. It can't be worth it in the long run to just keep dragging it out if everybody just wants to stop watching it in the end anyway, right? Like if syndication won't matter. Yeah, I mean because they've just tarnished the name so much, like just freaking end uh, it. According to Variety, it still makes them money, which is why they're they're still doing it, which is absurd because of how much money this show costs to make. Yeah, you know, I mean, not not that the animation's very expensive, but the voice talent has gotten so expensive. They've priced themselves yeah. so high because they've been doing it for so long. Uh, but apparently, they're still pulling out a profit. But if the um, syndication huh. changes, then that profit goes away uh, because a lot of the um. Uh, I think a lot of the show's profits come from its uh, syndication deals. Uh, I don't know. It's a weird story, but I don't know. I vote cancel it. <laughs> Seconded. So moved. And so moved. The, the, the Simpsons has been canceled. Thank you. By uh, this week's episode podcast. <laughs> the vote is final. Vote is, it cannot be undone. Thank you. Drive through. <laughs> Evan's going to come back and be like, what the hell did you guys do? <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome you're welcome all right we got a few more here uh this one made me pretty happy uh jillian anderson oh this comes to us from daily beast jillian anderson to play margaret thatcher in season four of the crown fuck yes that's excellent <laughs> i'm into it yeah it's it's sad to me that she's not on uh american god season two because of creative creative differences but uh, she is not sad about it because she has got to, plenty of fun stuff to do. This is great casting. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see that. I love The Crown so much. Me too. She's a great choice. She's also currently on Broadway doing All About Eve, and just the pictures that I've seen from the production are like, holy shit. That's I, awesome. I, love... I didn't realize she was doing that right now. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it looks real good. It looks real, real good. I've we've uh, we talked about the uh, the crown on this show before, and that was pretty much the only episode of the crown that I've seen, and I freaking loved it. Uh, oh, it's so good! The costumes are so aren't amazing. they? Oh, you could just die. <laughs> it was also, I think, back when I was making stupid uh, episode art, it was probably one of the my, the favorite one I ever did. <laughs> We talked about <laughs> the crown in Game of Thrones, right? In the same episode, was that what it was? I think so. I did something ridiculous to John Lithgow. You put Winston Churchill on a dragon. <laughs> That's right, like riding on a dragon. <laughs> That's amazing. 
I mean, I've made a lot of uh, images for this show that uh, that I'm very proud of, but that's a uh, that's pretty that's... close to the top of my list. That was a uh, that was a really special one. I gotta find <laughs> out what episode that was. Boy, that was it was a while ago. Uh, this uh, this is really a fine podcasting right here is me scrolling through all of our previous episodes. So I'm gonna keep doing this while we talk about something else. Um, the hey, back to Star Trek Discovery. Uh, Star uh, hey. Variety Variety posts Star Trek Discovery boss talks Tignotaro Picard limited series and season three. Uh, Karen, did you read this? Uh, I skimmed it, my friend. Yeah, uh, I I actually didn't even notice the Tignotaro part. I just saw Picard series and my perked right up because. I'm I'm all for that new Picard show. Um, yeah. Let's see. There are many mysteries in the Star Trek universe. One of them was explained on Thursday night. Season two, blah de blah de blah, and blah blah blah. Uh, looks like there's just all kinds of Star Trek stuff coming up, and uh, yay! Sorry, I don't have a whole lot more to say because I also only skimmed this one uh, with the intention to read it before we started recording, and then I didn't because I'm awesome at hosting this show. <laughs> Uh, but really, what, who's who's to argue? It's uh, there's there's more Star Trek coming, and it's gonna be good because uh, they've been doing a good job, and it's gonna be paywalled behind CBS All Access, and CBS can go jump off a cliff. Yeah, but also keep making more Star. Trek? Yes, keep making more Star Trek. Then, but yeah, jump off. jump off a cliff, and then keep making more Star Trek. In that, in on that the way order. down. <laughs> on, yes, on the way. <laughs> Jump off the cliff and leave free to access Star Trek on the way down. <laughs> when you jump off the cliff, pull yeah. the pin on the free Star Trek and also, I don't know, use a bungee or something and come back. Yeah, I don't, I don't mean jump off a cliff and die, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Metaphorical, metaphorical. Yeah, jump off a cliff and, you know, sprain an ankle uh, or something. And regret your choices. Exactly. <laughs> when I say cliff, what I mean is kind of an uneven sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of like stumble a bit. Yeah, sprain your ankle at most. Uh, do, do, do some of that. You know, vamp, kill time, find image. I still can't find this image. Boy, we've been doing this show for a long time. Yeah, I've well, made a we've lot done it for 150 episodes, dear. <laughs> I've done a lot of stupid pictures, too. Which is great. I mean, there's there's a lot of really stuck. Here's the Gilmore Girls oh, in it's space. There. It's right there. Oh, there it is. Yep, there it is. Episode fifty nine. Together we are morons. <laughs> great episode. Ah, oh, look at that. I put Winston Churchill on a dragon. That's a good picture. Good for me. That's, That's amazing. Art right there. Ah, well, that was fun. All right, let's see. Uh, I think we have one more. Nope, this was, uh, yeah, one more news story. Arrow's 150th episode twist revealed. How does Kelsey Grammer fit in? Unfortunately, it is not him dressed as Beast from the X-Men. I was going to say. I wish. <laughs> There's only one solution. <laughs> Marvel DC crossover we all want. Beast versus Arrow. <laughs> wow. I mean, because why else bother? <laughs> Can I ask a question? Absolutely. Arrow is up to episode 150. Uh-huh. How? <laughs> How has this show been on half as long as Supernatural? What the fuck? Oh, wow. I didn't even think about it that way. <laughs> I only thought about that way because uh, 
I don't know, Supernatural was on earlier today, and I was like, you know, reminded of their 300th episode coming up. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, Supernatural shouldn't have been running at half as long as Supernatural. <laughs> Shots fired. And I am a huge fan from the original, like, the first season, so I don't know. I've not enjoyed newest stuff. Personally. I can admit to it not being as good of quality as past seasons, but I'll never <laughs> stop loving it. <laughs> it just <laughs> never will happen. But Arrow has been on forever as well. Yeah, that's nuts. <sighs> I was enjoying this season before uh, Veronica Mars derailed me from all other TV. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm not going to say that it's, like, phenomenal. <laughs> it's not on the... Uh, it's not of the caliber of the uh, the, the Marvel TV shows, but uh, it's still enjoyable. Uh, I I like this idea. So uh, again, I'm I'm lost on the show because uh, you know, last we were watching, he was still in jail. But uh, apparently, as this 150th episode rolls around, there's going to be some sort of documentary of people following around uh, Oliver Queen and Felicity uh, and the rest of Team Arrow because they're all they've all been outed apparently like it's just common knowledge that they were the vigilantes and uh, they're going to do a documentary on them and the documentary is going to be narrated by Kelsey Grammer <laughs> and like since as himself I don't know cuz I would actually love that <laughs> the only thing I would love more is if it was as Fraser <laughs> Uh, and and since we're in the realm of one-word questions, uh, Kelsey Grammer is the narrator. Why? It does seem like a weird get. Uh, it seems I'm not like opposed or anything, but like, what to, does he I have guess. to do with anything? It seems like an expensive option for something. He was free. You know, he maybe he's just a fan of the show. Who knows? Could be. I don't know what Could Kelsey be. Grammer does with his life. You know, Who he does was, really. Well, that's the thing. Like Kelsey Grammer was like so stoked to be Beast. Like he sh- he did that whole crazy makeup bit for what four seconds of screen time and uh, was it Days of Future Past? I think where he just was like, I don't know. I blocked it out. <laughs> we have a very strange history with that movie. But I remember like reading this whole thing. They were just like, uh, so we want to do this bit where we have the the X Men characters show up, and he was like, I'm in. Put me in the makeup. Get me there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Go nuts. And he just, he walks down a hallway and nods at somebody. And like, that was it? You spent like 12 hours in makeup to do that? that I mean, I mean, I would too if I was Beast and it was, was Kelsey Grammer, I guess. But uh, that's so weird. So yeah, who knows? Who knows? They probably like, you know, Kelsey, we'll, we'll buy you lunch. And you can wear the Beast makeup while you're doing the voiceovers. I don't know. Maybe he's becoming like Christopher Walken, where he'll do anything. All you have to do is ask nicely. Yeah. That's not a bad. That's not a bad way to be. Love Christopher. Yeah. I love that about Christopher Walken. Well, I think that's gonna wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> Christopher Walken wraps there it you up. Go. All right. Always, always. No better way to end. Uh, so uh, that was that was a hoot. Thank you well, one more time. Uh, I'll thank you again before we're done. But thank you one more time for joining us, Sam. It was a blast to have you here. Ah, thank you so much, and thanks for letting me pick a long two-parter uh, trek to get to nerd out about. Uh, it, was, it was it was absolutely <laughs> awesome. Uh, so all right, let's uh, let's close this out, and I will say that you 
All who listen to this show can uh, get in touch with us at mailatgeekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with both the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page, which I don't update anymore, so I really should change my script. Find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content, and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade, or follow this show specifically at Twepcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade, K-R-I-S. Karen, where can the good people find you? Shoot underscore the underscore moon. Uh, and Sam, you're on Twitter, right? Where can people find you? Uh, I am. You can find me at Samwise underscore GameG. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed here tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes or Stitcher, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com for more fresh original content. Uh, Sam, before we go, do you have any stuff you'd like to plug? Uh, uh, well, uh, if you're uh, free on Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern, I play Dungeons & Dragons uh, with uh, Encounter Roleplay at Twitch. That's uh, twitch.tv slash Encounter Roleplay. It's a learn-to-play D&D stream, so if you're new to the game or just want to check it out, come and uh, watch me speak in a horrible German accent. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all in. Now that I have nothing but free time, uh, that's what I'm going to do with it. Sold. All right. Well, uh, join us next week when our special fill-in guest is going to be uh, Dan Ryan from the Stone Age Gamer Podcast, my uh, co-host over there. He has chosen... Uh, oh, where did it go? I wrote it down somewhere else. Now it's wrong. Where did it go? He has chosen uh, the episode's Coral Palms... Uh, it's a three-parter, apparently, although he told us it's a two-parter, whatever, of uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> that is season four, episodes one through three. Uh, so that's going to be cool. I have very little experience with this show. I know Karen and I started to watch it, and it didn't really stick, but uh, I hear lots of good things about this show. So I am uh, looking forward to jumping in and seeing how that goes. So that's going to be our show. Thank you, uh, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Sam, for joining us. And... Uh, Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.